0: Welcome to the Hunt League Podcast, where we share hunting stories from the field that help pave the way for others to follow.
1: We we're probably 50 yards from it. We can hear it breathing still. So we decided to hold off for a little while.
0: This is your host, Jared Newman. Let's get started. All right, today we have special honor of inviting the 2021 lioness, Casey Holmgren, a female hunter out of Oregon. She's joining us on the podcast today, and I've just asked Casey to come on. We want to hear more about your story, Casey, uh, what drives you, what you're passionate about, what you're doing this season. So, uh, would you guys welcome Casey to the podcast? So, Casey, go ahead and give us just a quick introduction. Tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Alrighty. Well, I am 22 years old. I'm obviously, like I said, out of Oregon. I grew up in California, um, came out here for college in the summer of 2017 uh, for a wrestling scholarship. And That's cool. later that year, yeah, um, later that year, I met my now husband and gone hunting with him.
0: Okay, so you grew up in California, moved to Oregon. Did you start hunting once you mo- made the move, or did did you grow up hunting in California?
1: I grew up hunting in California a little bit. I did mostly small game, birds, things like that. Got my first gun at thirteen. After that it wasn't until probably junior year of high school my dad decided to flip a switch and get into deer hunting.
0: So did you go on your first deer hunt then as a high school student?
1: Yeah, and we did we I started out with rifle and then since I left for college I had to switch over to archery and so that way I could hunt during the spring breaks and things like that.
0: So you started with rifle, or I guess you probably started with shotgun, doing small game, birds, stuff like that. Made the switch yep. to rifle as you kind of got into big game, and now you kind of are proficient at all of those things.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Okay, now you got married a year ago, two years ago.
1: Um, we're not like officially married, but okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> in process.
1: But yeah, exactly.
0: So does he hunt? Do you go? Yeah, primarily hunt with him or. You know, are yep. you, are you a solo hunter? Like I, I think some of the stuff that we saw from you last year, it's like, you're you're not waiting for a man to take you into the woods. It sounds like, it sounds like <laughs> you're ready to uh, venture out on your own and uh, brave the elements. So is that in fact the case?
1: Yeah. For the most part, um, my, my husband and I, we love for the most part trying to go hunting together, but schedules are a little different sometimes. And even today, um, but yeah, I usually don't mind it. For the most part, I, I will uh, bring my dogs with me. They're an extra set of eyes and help while I'm out here.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay, so tell us exactly where you are right now, because I think this is the first podcast that we're recording from the field. So uh, this is <laughs> not just like Casey. She likes to hunt. She goes out once or twice a year. This is a passionate hunter that uh, – you know that that spends seemingly any any moment that you can in the woods, including uh, this moment right now. So tell us what you're in the middle of at this moment.
1: So right now I am looking at a burn from probably I want to say two or three years ago. It's a huge burn, and there's a lot of like just fresh greenery coming up. We struggled a lot this year with snow, and it's we're finally starting to see some green grass. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's pretty a big much deal. it.
0: So what are you hunting? You're not hunting a uh, burn. You're hunting what?
1: Spring bear. Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. Spring bear. And today is the the last day of the spring bear season for uh, 2022, correct? It is. Yeah. What has what your spring bear experience been so far uh, in 2022?
1: So far, we didn't even see our first bear until a couple weeks ago. And then we saw, a, it was just mom and cubs. They were just little tiny, little beans. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, And then we were able to make it over to the coast to go hunt with a buddy over there. And Matt, my husband had a opportunity at one bear, but I unfortunately wasn't able to make it happen.
0: Did he, did he take a shot or just didn't, didn't quite get set up in time in order to take the shot?
1: Didn't get set up quite in time.
0: Okay. One of the questions that I'm continually going over and like, I'm talking with my son yesterday, we went out and did some target practice and I've, I've been kind of anxiously watching all the Oregon hunters. Cause I'm getting ready to do a fall bear hunt up there with my 11 year old boy, uh, here in just a couple months but one of the things that we've been keeping an eye on is just the 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 range and the distance that you know average distance that people are having kind of encounters and opportunities at so when he saw a bear what kind of distance was he preparing to take a shot at
1: he was at about 200 yards okay um and it was free handing just you know there wasn't much to lean on especially in the coast things are just really really thick over there yeah so your you know opportunities are very limited
0: they're limited and they're probably pretty quick you got to you got to make the most of it when it's when it's there when it presents itself
1: <laughs> yep exactly
0: yeah because one of the things we we just saw uh the guy josh chasing tails posted a beautiful kind of cinnamon color bear yeah but reading through his hunt log it was like he took that shot at 617 yards and i'm like okay, neither me nor my son have ever <laughs> attempted a shot at that distance. You know, like I've, I've taken shots out to about 400 and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, right son I don't know if we're I don't know if we're ready for this you know but I I have seen some (laughs) shots that are 160 200 yards it's like okay we've we've done that last year he was able to harvest a you know a wild boar down in Texas like a pig uh you know at about 200 220 yards so I feel like we're, we're good at about that range but 600 I'm like man that's
1: there is a lot of good opportunities you'll get a little bit closer um my first bear was at 350, and I, prior to that, never shot that far. Um, we went ahead and decided to take the shot. I had a brand new scope on, which helped a lot.
0: What made the scope help a lot? Was it like a first focal plane? Was it one that you could kind of dial to a distance? What, what was it that helped with the scope?
1: It was where you could dial it to the distance, and we got it. I think it was Christmas or something like that. It was on sale, and it was a nice Vortex one. Yeah. And it was kind of in the middle of the season, only bear we really saw in that unit. So we went for it and I nailed it.
0: (laughs) Well, congratulations.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we were, we were both um, pretty surprised
0: (laughs) (laughs) that you hit it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Did it drop right where it was or did you end up having to track it for a while? What, what was the story on the recovery there?
1: So I ended up rolling down the hill pretty far, and then my gun jammed with a pump action, so I'm laying on the ground, and it's pretty hard to pump yep. at the same time. So Matt was able to get off a couple more shots on it while I was dealing with my gun, and we actually hiked down. We were probably, I want to say, probably 50 yards from it, and we could hear it breathing still.
0: Oh, wow. And we could
1: hear it kind of growling, so we decided to hold off for a little while, and I think we waited about 15 minutes. And eventually it kind of dissipated.
0: Kind of expired right there.
1: Yeah. Now I was able to go down into the brush and it was tucked under logs. It was down in this creek and like you could barely see its paw sticking out.
0: Oh my goodness. That's what I've heard. Garrett has told me repeatedly, said recovering a bear is actually one of the more difficult animals to recover. Because when they get hit, if they can still move, a lot of times they just get, they tuck themselves into a place and it, they can be really difficult to find you know they don't always leave a great blood trail because they've got thick hides that can kind of absorb some of that blood and then you know so he's like once you shoot you keep shooting until you see it drop you know because once they get into the woods or once they get back to cover it can be really hard to find so and I, I saw that on Josh's bear I don't know if you took a look at his hunt log that he posted but like It crawled up inside like a big dead timber thing. It was laying in like a pool of water. I was like, how would you find that?
1: (laughs) I'll just send you a picture of the bear because like looking at it from a distance, there's no way you can see it. And then you start zooming in and you can just barely see a little paw sticking out of this, you know, two logs.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Post that post that on the community page and just say, hey, this is the. You know, this is the photo that, <laughs> that I was talking about, because that, that would be super cool for people to see, because I'm coming into this upcoming bear hunt super green. I've had one bear tag, uh, and really, that I just had the bear tag as an opportunistic. Like, I was hoping to shoot a deer early on and then sit the gut pile here in Colorado last fall. But... uh you know, this coming fall will really be my first bear hunt. So, like talking to bear hunters, talking to people up in Oregon, just about their experiences, it's like been such a fun kind of learning curve for me.
1: Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite things to hunt, just in general.
0: Yeah what what is your favorite thing to hunt? Would it be bear? Um,
1: I I, I want to say elk hunting, but I'm still pretty new into it. As you know, right now I still have the new jitters of it. Sure. <laughs>
0: but uh, when, when you say new jitters, part. have you had any encounters yet where your heart's been just thumping and the adrenaline's <laughs> pumping?
1: Yep, definitely. We had an experience, uh, last year over on the coast, we spied this decent five by five bowl and we jet down around, went after it and we could hear him coming down and coming through the water, but he just, he, we couldn't close the gap.
0: <sighs> so going back to like my first Elk encounter. Like I had hunted three years before I saw my first elk on a bow hunt. Like, like I didn't even see them on distant ridge lines. I I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just covering a lot of ground, finding a lot of signs, scrapes, all that. Well, it's mid mid morning. You know, probably 10 or 11 a.m. And I walk in and there's a little tiny meadow, only about 40 yards wide, in the middle of some super thick stuff. And there's a wallow in the middle of it. And I was hunting with a buddy who was also brand new to it and i i reach over to him i was like hey get your gps out let's mark this spot this is a really good spot and <laughs> as he's marking it i look up and we had seen some moose in the area and i saw a giant bull making his way he was 20 yards outside of that meadow and was was just making his way right into the wallow not paying attention to anything i reach over and grab my buddy joe and i was like joe joe shh, you know like and then that that elk starts to emerge in the meadow and i I'm trying to attach at that time I had a little caliper, you know, release on my bow and I was trying to attach my calipers to the D loop and this is my first kind of encounter with a bull and my my leg like started thumping so hard like almost like thumper in like the Bambi movie like just it was like pounding the ground and i was like oh my gosh like i can't even i can't even attach my my caliper to the D loop i was like struggling and as i'm trying to attach knowing that all right this bull's now about 35 40 yards and to this day it is the biggest bull I've ever had that kind of a close encounter with. Probably a 340 bull would have been my first ever bull on my third year of hunting, was just a giant bull. And I'm, I'm thumping away, trying to get my release on, never had that kind of buck fever, elk fever, any kind of experience like that. And then as I'm trying to connect to the caliper, Right when I get it connected, all of a sudden I hear Joe behind me start doing cow calls like, ew,
1: ew, ew. And the the
0: bull just kind of picks his head up and looks right at us. And I'm just frozen, like ready to draw. And I can't do anything because the bull's just got us pegged. And, you know, the bull ends up turning and booking it off in the woods. And I turn to Joe and I'm like, why, you know, why did you call? Like it was right we, we didn't need to call it in. It was already right on top of us. He was like I don't know. I got so excited. I just felt like I had to do something. I was <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. And so I get I get the privilege of blaming Joe for screwing that up. but I also yep. <laughs> can't deny how shaky I was and I was like, even if I would have come to full draw. If I could have gotten my chances. muscles to cooperate with me to get to full draw, you know, it's probably one of those where I tried to pull back and can't even draw the bow back. I was so freaked out. But it's easier for me to blame oh, Joe man. and say that's the reason why I didn't get that bold in my own uh, buck fever. So I get it.
1: Yep. No, definitely.
0: <laughs> okay. So I don't want to tell my stories, though. Let's jump back to you. Um, tell us about 2021. You, you took home the prize last year in our outdoorsman of the Year is the Lioness of the Year. So every year, not that, hey, there's a separate division for the Lioness, like a Lioness can compete for the outdoorsman of the Year, but our, our top – candidates last year all happened to be male. You were honored as the Lioness. You still put together a pretty great season. Would you mind just telling us a little bit about your season in 2021? Just so people kind of hear about what, what you did. I mean, you you found the app kind of later in the year after your spring season. I don't know if you kind of heard about it through Garrett Weaver's podcast or, you know, it was about that time though, that I think we saw kind of a surge of Oregon hunters kind of jump in, but go ahead and tell us about how you got connected to Hunt League and about your season last year.
1: Yeah, I believe you're correct. I think it was Garrett's podcast that I heard about it, and I was like, yeah, that'd be cool to check out. You know, I I like the idea of a little community of us hunters because there's not really anything out there for us. So, start off my 2021 season, we got the draw spring bear tag over east a little bit than where we're at right now and we were able to harvest a really nice brown you know like cinnamon bear yeah and that was that was awesome then going into elk we had some opportunities but unfortunately it's our it was my first year and were you were you
0: bow hunting were you rifle hunting
1: yeah Uh, bow hunting
0: now in Oregon if you get an elk tag is it either bow or or rifle or if you don't shoot something in bow season does it convert to a rifle like some of the other states like montana or you know what's the regulation there
1: no it's strictly bow and that's what i was doing my husband was doing rifle that year he's doing archery this year i was able to get him into it which is pretty exciting i love it i think you can draw for some rifle tags but that are you know late season ones but i haven't really looked into them too much
0: yeah And is that just because your preference is archery, just when they're rutting, you want to hear the bugles and have the close encounter? Yep, for sure. Did you do anything with deer, small game, anything like that?
1: Yeah, for deer, I was able to draw another over east tag. Uh, I was building up points for a couple of years and was able to get a decent little three by three mule deer. Now, was yeah, that, was, was that, that was rifle awesome. or bow? That was rifle.
0: Okay. I'm pretty sure I remember that and and had that picture up on the homepage a little bit. So I, I remember that deer. Yep. So last year you were able to harvest a bear, a buck. You went on an elk hunt, uh, had some encounters, but what weren't able to seal the deal on that. Did you do any yep. small game stuff last year?
1: Did some rabbits and grouse, mostly just if we saw it. Sure. If we're out and about and we're walking the road and we see something, we'll take it home and make some grouse and dumplings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And uh, do your dogs go with you on small game hunts? Do they get into it at all? Are they, are they trained hunting dogs or just good companion dogs?
1: Um, our older healer, she does pretty good with going and retrieving. Our Chihuahua likes to try.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Likes to act tough.
1: Yeah, she can go sniff it out, but they're usually a little bit too big for her to carry.
0: Okay, so tell me a little bit about this. You were the lioness, which is kind of like the top female hunter that we kind of acknowledged last year in the app. What does it mean to you to kind of carry the title of lioness? I, I think it's really significant that we we have more females jump in. I, I want to see more females in the app and represented in it. I can't wait for the day that a female represents one of the top finalists for our outdoors of the year, you know, like I I'm looking forward to that day. So, uh what what does that mean to you to be kind of recognized as the top female and, you know, to have females involved in the sport of hunting?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was super happy to receive that award. Um, I'd like to encourage more women to get out. I think it's a pretty scary thing, you know, think of going out in the woods by yourself. Uh, But I think it's honestly the city's more scary than the woods are. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd rather be out here and take my chances.
0: Do you make any effort to kind of try to introduce other women to hunting? Like, not, not that that should be your personal responsibility. I know you go with Matt, but uh, is that something that you're passionate about at all? Like trying to find women that might be interested and being willing to kind of help show them the ropes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I try to do it with pretty much anyone that I can. Uh, I get about just as excited as if I harvest something as if someone else does. So, if I do find someone that is interested in getting into hunting. Just in general, especially a woman, then I would love to take them out, try to show them the ropes, try to encourage, you know, protection and having a handgun of sorts, having different things on you to protect you while you are out here. Cause it can be, you know, obviously pretty dangerous.
0: Yes. I mean, you're out on a bear hunt right now. I know you've got your dogs with you, you know, as extra set of eyes and ears, you know, if anything kind of approaches, um, do you also carry a handgun bear spray? What do you personally carry?
1: I don't carry bear spray. I'm sure it's something that would be would would be open to looking into. But for the most part, black bears are pretty skittish around here. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure how you know three hundred pound boar how scared it'd be to me, but uh but yeah, I do carry a handgun and then obviously have my rifle as well and usually a pocket knife, another knife of sorts.
0: It's not just about the hunt for you, but you get your hands dirty after the hunt with processing the animal. Um, do you do all the processing yourself? Do you enjoy the, the field dressing, the cooking? Like, what other parts of the hunt do you get to participate in and, and enjoy?
1: Yeah, we do the processing all ourselves. I am the avid cooker in the family. <laughs> okay. So I do most of the cooking, and I really, that's probably my most favorite part is able to take what we've gotten and not never have to go to the store for meat. Yeah. And be able to take that and put it on the table.
0: Okay, tell me about bear meat cuz I have told people <laughs> I'm doing the the hunt. You know, with my son, JJ, we're really hoping to get it and they're like, well, what are you going to do with it once you get it on the ground? And I'm like, well, I've heard mixed things about bear meat, you know, but I'm I'm really excited about potentially a fall bear because by then, you know, hopefully they've fed on good grasses, there's berries and things. And I, I hear that the meat can be good. Um I don't really. I've heard it can be greasy. I've heard all sorts of mixed things. So tell me, tell me your experience with bear meat specifically, because that's something that I'm I'm excited to learn more about.
1: So what I've come to notice is, and you can probably hear this from other folks as well. uh, Spring bear and fall bear will taste completely different.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Spring bear, they're mostly on grass. There's no berries, things like that. Uh, For fall, they blackberries are uh, everywhere so they are mostly feasting on that and some small game and things like that
0: so do you prefer the taste of a spring bear or a fall bear
1: probably spring bear
0: okay so you like more the grass-fed bear than the than the later in the year bear yeah is that because they're putting on more fat later in the year is it like is it just that the taste is is better is it a size difference do you want to shoot a smaller bear versus a larger bear you know for better meat?
1: I honestly don't, couldn't tell you on that uh, just the fall bear that I got my you know first my first bear it wasn't the greatest it wasn't as good as I guess a spring bear because the spring bear last year it's still feeding us and it tastes great. I think a lot of it goes into how you cook it.
0: Sure. So how do you prefer cooking bear? Like if what's the prime cut, Uh, you know, a lot of times if it's elk or deer, you know, you're wanting the tenderloin or the backstrap and that's kind of the prime piece of meat. But what about a bear? Like, is it a, is it similar backstraps tenderloin is, is the prime cuts?
1: Yeah. So backstrap and tenderloins, those are very, you know, important meats as well that are, you know, sought after similar to deer. Okay. But past that, my favorite cut, personally, outside of backstrap and tenderloins, would be roasts. And you can get a lot of different sized roasts from different areas of the bear. Uh, I really like doing, it's called a Mississippi pot roast, and it is phenomenal, and it feeds for a couple days. It's in a crock pot, and you put a bunch of pepperoncinis, load of butter mix of its ranch mix and then like gravy mix and you leave it for i think it's eight hours and after that i serve it on some like hoagie buns and firewood
0: okay that sounds delicious i cannot wait i have not tried bear before
1: (laughs) and then past that uh i really prefer ground meat and like spaghetti and things like that it holds together really well uh deer meat when it's ground up unless you have some sort of fat mixed in with it it gets a little dry bear you never have that issue
0: okay so there's plenty of fat and plenty of marbling you don't have to add you know pork or beef fat to it nope you know i just recently subscribed uh to the bear hunting magazine i'm getting those now at the house but uh, one of the things that I've been kind of fascinated with is it seems like just about every article they're putting in some, uh, you know, some kind of tips and things that you can do with rendering bare fat, whether it's making candles or, you know, using it and uh, for cooking and like almost like as a butter or oil, like you can kind of render it out. Do you do anything yep. specifically with the bare fat? Is that a, is that something that you try to like collect, render, or do anything with?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's really good for cooking. I've seen some people use it for like soaps and whatnot. Yep. Uh, We'll take it and we'll do uh, boot leather conditioner.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like use it to almost as like an oil that you can kind of put in to help revive or keep leather. Yep.
1: It's wonderful for that. A lot of Native Americans used to
0: use it for that. Is that just like a layer that you cut off between kind of the hide and the meat?
1: It is everywhere on a bear. (laughs) It is.
0: It's just everywhere. And you just cut off chunks of it and like put it together. Do you boil it down?
1: Yep. You boil it down and eventually you get just, you know, you keep straining it and yeah, like you said, rendering it.
0: And you keep it in, do you keep it in jars?
1: Yeah, it's it's in jars frozen in the freezer right now. I just ordered some uh beeswax to mix it in together and that's where you can make the
0: candles or soaps or whatever
1: yep exactly
0: oh that's so cool i hope we can bring some of that home with us i don't know how long that process takes is that a pretty laborious process to render that i think if you can keep
1: it frozen you'll be good to go i don't know what your i guess uh process is for transporting it back but as long as it's you know similar to me, if you can keep it frozen, it should be fine,
0: yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun adventure for us now how did you you said you introduced Matt to bow hunting um and kind of got him hooked on it? How did you get yep. into it Because it didn't sound like your dad got you into bow hunting like where did the bow hunting bug get you and 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 how did you get into it?
1: so it actually was my dad because it was during college, yeah. And it was during spring breaks when I would go back to California. Those were the only seasons available. So I would do archery deer. So that way I could hunt a little bit because I still wasn't and you know, I wasn't sure if I was staying in Oregon or California. Sure. So during those seasons, I'd go back and my dad and I would hunt, do archery deer.
0: And that was a spring break or a fall break season that you did archery deer?
1: It would have been a fall break or winter break. I think is what it would be considered.
0: Okay. And you would do archery there. And that's how, so how did you get your first bow? How did you get that set up? Did your dad buy one for you? Just knowing that that would be a fun way to spend time with you or how how did that work?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, My dad got me one. I want to say it was for Christmas or my birthday. I can't remember exactly, but got me this decent little uh, diamond bowtech
0: yep that diamond infinite edge one where you can kind of adjust yep. the poundage which is on perfect
1: because that, that way it could start out pretty low with the poundage because it goes from like 30 to 70 pounds
0: yeah i mean it's a big adjustment like we bought one we bought one of the bare ones for my kids that's their i think it's called the cruiser and i think it goes from like 5 to 70 pounds so it's just huge adjustment i found with my little kids it didn't have to do with the draw weight as much as the weight of the bow when they were holding it out in front of them was harder. But, you know, for you getting into that more as more or less as an adult, that wouldn't have been the problem. So just getting your draw weight up from, you know, starting at 30 pounds and working your way up to, you know, 50, 60, what are you drawing now? Are you, are you shooting around 50, 60 pounds or?
1: Yeah, 50 right now. I would like to go higher i need to get back into working out and try to build that up a little bit more
0: sure it is hard i mean that's the biggest challenge i think is just having that upper body strength like i i've been wanting to my son is uh my oldest son is 14 this year and we've talked about it he wants to do a rifle hunt because he still struggles i don't remember what the legal you know limit is you know if it's 35 or 40 pounds but that's still a struggle for him and I I don't want him to kind of go into the woods where you're already kind of exhausted and then try to pull that bow back so this year we're going to focus on rifle but uh I think next year he'll be strong enough to kind of adequately be able to pull that back but I mean it might be 45 pounds 50 pounds you know for him next year
1: um yeah which I think ultimately it boils down to placement
0: absolutely Absolutely. It's not, it's not poundage. It's, you know, putting the arrow in the right spot is going to make the biggest difference. Exactly. All right. You've talked a little bit about your hunting. You talked a little bit about processing and, and even just your enjoyment that you get from cooking wild game, but you mentioned something recently about doing some taxidermy work. Is that something that you're continuing to pursue? What are you planning to do in that realm?
1: Yeah. So I started out just doing euros as a fun little hobby side money. But then recently I got out of, I did welding for about four years and it's pretty unhealthy career. (laughs) So I got out of that and decided taxidermy was a good way to stay at home, you know, hopefully have kids here in the future and be able to be with them. And then also be able to work from home.
0: When you're thinking of taxidermy, are you wanting to do full kind of shoulder mounts and hides yep. and the whole deal
1: yeah so i started working under a taxidermist as an apprentice i was going to go to school but then the guy that was teaching the class ended up having some health issues and canceling the class and i got in touch with a local taxidermist and he's an awesome guy and started working under him since october yeah of last year and since then i've do everything start to finish i'm in the process of breaking away and getting my llc started and things like that
0: that's really exciting so you'll be you should be up and running with your own taxidermy business by this fall
1: yep that's the plan
0: Okay, and for anybody that lives in Oregon, what part of Oregon are you in? Is do you have a do you have a business name yet that they should? I, I know you probably are just getting stuff set up, but you know, do you have a business name? Do you have a website? Do you have anything like that? Or how would you want? I mean, I guess people can always reach out to you in, within the Huntley Gap if they're in the Oregon community. But uh, what's the best way for people to connect to you and what you're doing with taxidermy?
1: Yeah, either reach out to me. Or I do have a Facebook page started up. It's all new, but it's a uh, K and M taxidermy.
0: K and M, and is the M I'm assuming for Matt? Yep. Okay. So is <laughs> is he planning to help you along the way with the taxidermy, or are you primarily yes, carrying definitely. the lift?
1: Yeah, it's going to be mostly me for the shoulder mounts and things like that. But he's obviously a huge support in my life, and he's going to be doing probably most of the. The nasty work, the, you know, cutting the meat off the skulls and cleaning stuff.
0: Last year, we featured some of the stuff from Velvet Antler Technologies, and I don't know if you've ever used any of their products or seen what they're doing, but have you looked into any of their stuff yet?
1: They actually uh, sent me some a while back ago. Yeah, it was part of the Lioness thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I know. I haven't had the chance to use it myself yet, and I'm, I'm like, super anxious to, but this year when I come out there, I'm bringing, uh, like, lock. Is something that you can spray on the hide that keeps it from deteriorating, keeps the hair from slipping, keeps bugs off it, all those things. So I'm like, I'm hoping that the hide is in decent shape where we can at least use that. But anyway, I just didn't know if you'd ever looked at their stuff or had time to test it yet. But that's one of the things I'm looking forward to being able to test this year is their their hide lock. I know that's going to be a part of the on-point experience, like whoever wins next year um, to go on a fall hunt, you know, Uh, velvet antler is involved in that and we'll send a couple products just to kind of help preserve that trophy
1: yeah and i think if you get something over here i'd really look into uh, a freezer of sorts or a cooler and be able to put that hide in if you if you do really want to keep the hide yeah and and the skull the skull is not as big of a deal because you can clean off the meat and it'll be okay but Yeah, how are you traveling
0: over here? We're flying on this one. Okay. Uh, So I think we get in the end of July. We'll have two days to kind of scout and sight in rifles, that kind of thing. And then August 1st season starts. So we'll get in a couple days early. And then I think we're there till, I think we're there to the first six days of August. So I I think we'll have probably a five-day hunt because probably can't shoot anything on day six.
1: Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I would look into freezing it. That's usually the best way I've seen things stay good. Yeah. Getting it bagged up in a couple trash bags because you want to avoid freezer burn as well.
0: Sure thing. Okay. Well, I want to make sure I get you back to hunting because I got to remind everybody you are actually in the field on your last day of a bear hunt. And uh, (laughs) I don't want you to miss anything. I know it's midday, so it's not like prime time for a Seeing a bear cruise out in the open, but
1: yeah, not really. Unfortunately. Yeah,
0: I also don't want to hold you back too long, but I, I feel like I kind of asked you what the 2022 was and if you had any in-state out of state. We kind of answered the out of state, but I don't think we actually got into like what the rest of your year looks like. So hit us hit us with what you do have planned for 2022. What kind of tags uh, can we expect to see in your pocket come this fall? Yeah,
1: um, so obviously doing the spring bear right now was lucky enough to draw it for the second year in a row. And then after that in August, I should have a draw coming up for an archery antelope hunt. So that will be pretty exciting.
0: Do you have is that do you have pretty good odds of drawing that or i I've, I've heard Oregon yeah. is a pretty hard state to draw?
1: For this unit, it's kind of an underdrawn one, but I have a buddy that does really well over there pretty consistently so i think him and i are gonna get together and go over there okay
0: will that be a rifle or bow hunt
1: archery yeah
0: okay sweet and you probably said that and i just missed it (laughs) so um spring bear right now hope hoping fingers crossed for an archery antelope uh did you say you drew it or you're hoping to hear you drew it
1: i'm hoping to hear we don't get draw results until mid-june
0: okay a couple weeks Yep, and then so antelope. What about deer, elk? Uh, do, deer. You do, do you do any waterfowl?
1: Uh, I actually am going to try this year.
0: Okay, that's fun. Okay, deer, elk. Hit me with that.
1: Yeah. So deer, I doubt I'll do anything. I in for a second choice archery for over east. Okay, but I don't. I don't think I'm going to get it it's kind of i'm really since we just moved up to this area i'm really excited to hunt here we've seen a lot of big bucks so and found really big sheds things like that so we're really really excited to hunt in this area and see what we can find yeah so i kind of put in more just preference points than anything and then for elk gonna be hunting around here archery
0: and when you say around here. I'm not asking for a specific location (laughs) for a hunt, but what part of the state are you in?
1: Uh, I'm in Oak Ridge, Oregon, which is a little outside of Eugene.
0: Okay. And did you go to school in Eugene? Is that where you went to college?
1: No, I went to college down in, it's called North Bend or Coos Bay. Um, But I came up here for a welding job back when I was welding.
0: Okay. So you're up in the Oak Ridge area is kind of roughly where you live. So if there's anybody that needs some taxidermy stuff in that area, you're, you're a good contact there. Yeah. Okay. So is that is the elk tag, is that an over-the-counter tag for you or is that a draw?
1: So it depends on where you're going, but it's for where we're at, it's just over-the-counter.
0: Okay, great. So that's a guarantee. Once for, you start go, getting
1: to the units that are... I guess I have the bigger bowls. Then those start to turn into the draw units.
0: Okay. Um, All right. Well, I'll let you get back to hunting, but is there anything else you want to kind of leave or say that uh, for the Hunt League audience?
1: Uh, Not that I can think of. Uh, You can find me on Instagram. I think it's Casey underscore Marie seventy. Seventy four, and then on Facebook as well, Casey Holmgren.
0: Spell your last name so people can find you.
1: It is H O L M G R E N.
0: Okay, Casey Holmgren. Um, well, Casey, I just want to say thank you for jumping on the podcast. Thanks for participating in Haunt League, being not just a not just a member of the community, but you know, you've like I really have enjoyed watching your posts and seeing you throughout the year you you did a great job in 2021 i'm wishing you the best in 2022 i think uh there's i've seen a handful of females kind of jump in and i've heard like crazy mcbride was telling me there's a girl named emily that's kind of up there from oregon he's like dude she is a killer like i can't wait for you to start (laughs) seeing what she starts posting this fall so uh i think you're going to have a little bit more competition for the title this year um but i uh, hope so (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i'm definitely excited to have you i just want to thank you for being a part of the community. Thanks for jumping on this podcast. Good luck tonight on your final night of, I guess, 2022 spring bear season. So hopefully it comes together for you. Is it just you hunting or do you have somebody else with you? Is there one tag, two tags? What are you trying to fill tonight?
1: Right now, it is just me. A little bit later, I have a buddy that will be up in this area and him and I are going to get together and get into some holes and sit until dark and hopefully see something good
0: okay well best of luck tonight hopefully uh we can find something it's may 31st uh hopefully we'll at least see an update in the app from how your evening and season finishes up so good luck uh on that
1: yeah absolutely and i appreciate everything you guys are doing too and i bet quite a few really good great people off of your app as well I met Grayson and started hitting off with him. We chat on Instagram and I see all of his stories and he's putting down a bunch of coyotes. <laughs> so it's super cool to see all the stuff he's doing and talking with him and sharing stories and things.
0: No, he's, he's been, he's been so fun to watch. You know, I think when he got that new vortex scope too, he just started off on fire. He's like, dude, I have not missed with this thing yet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah
1: he is doing great
0: i know he he might be doing a little too good again so it's been it really (laughs) has been fun watching him though kind of continue to grow and uh I mean, he's young and he's passionate and that I, I'm just shocked, you know, just hearing you jump on him I and mean, you're young, you're passionate. And I think you got a bright future too, ahead of you with all the, all the hunting adventures you've got coming up.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Okay. Well, Casey, thanks for joining us today. I'm glad we gave the Huntley uh, members an opportunity to kind of hear more about you, hear your story. Um, You can follow Casey in the Hunt League app or she gave her Instagram and Facebook handles earlier. But Casey, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight and with the rest of your season. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point soon.
1: Thank you. Have a good rest of your day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hunt League podcast. If you've not joined the Hunt League community yet, I'd love to invite you to head to the App Store, download the app and create your free account. Last year, Casey won the 2021 Lioness Award as the top female hunter in the world. I'm extremely grateful for companies like Moonshine Rods, Cyperb Tea and Coffee, and Velvet Antler Technologies for partnering with the Outdoorsman of the Year League and contributing to the Linus Prize Package. If you're preparing for a big game hunt this fall, I would encourage you to check out Velvet Antler Technologies' website and list of products. Don't wait to order your bottle of Velvelock or Hidelock, so you have them on hand going into your fall hunts. Thanks again for listening to the Hunt League
1: podcast and best of luck as you head to the field this year.